Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Ryan's gay, and Clark is gay, and Adam's gay. It's homo superior. Adam, you almost had it right. You almost did. did. I, how did I fuck it up? I wrote it down. God damn it. It's Clark, then Ryan. Fuck. Uh, I, I literally read the, the, the I should have just done it from memory instead of writing it down. Well, um, you did Brent almost proud. <laughs> I like it because it's like you know it's a live performance because it's messed up. You it's, know? The, it's the highlights books. It's like something's wrong with this picture. What are the two to three things that are wrong? <laughs> with hey, Adam, where are my backup singers at? Um, okay, so this is uh, issue 169. It is God. our year and spectacular. Uh, I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Adam. So 2020 has been, uh, to say, uh, to put it politely, a very strange year. But there was a lot of things that uh, happened this year that we really, really enjoyed from a content perspective. So um, I want to turn it over to y'all, like, you know, comics, streaming, video games, cultural touchstones. What really brought you joy in 2020? Ryan? For, for me, uh, this year was a lot of content, obviously. I was at home watching movies, TV shows, playing games, like just constant engagement in terms of like uh, entertainment and a lot of it bad, um, some of it good. And I think my takeaway from this year is it's been a very tough year, but it uh, this year made me fall back in love with some things that I thought I moved away from. So I am a huge X-Men crossover fan and the, the, the recent uh, X-Men crossovers, the last two, have made me fall back in love with X-Men comics and X-Men crossovers in general. And, and to go with that even more, uh, I did not love the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and watching The Mandalorian and the, what they did made me fall back in love with Star Wars again. So basically the, <laughs> my two favorite uh, things in general is Star Wars and the X-Men. So luckily I got to experience it in a new way and really love it again where I did not in the, uh, the past years. So thank you, Pandemic, for that at least. Yeah, that was mine. Uh, my kind of big highlights, uh, TV, I really liked The Haunting of Bly Manor. I thought it was a good follow-up to Hill House. It wasn't as scary, but I thought there was a lot of really good relationships and emotions involved in it. Um, and I'm looking forward to hopefully Mike Flanagan doing a third series, because I think he's an excellent uh, horror uh, director, writer, all the stuff that he would do. Uh, video games was a really big year. I mean, obviously we're all stuck indoors. And as much as I know everyone that I know loves Animal Crossing, it just, I always think I'm gonna enjoy it more than I will. Or I think I always want to enjoy it more than I do. And then I always have a time, don't shake your head, Ryan. You were literally- I loved it. Like, it. No, I- like, That's I, what I'm saying. Really you play it for like 100,000 hours. And I'm always like, all right, here we go. And then I play it for like 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, that's it. You never <laughs> pull your weeds. You never pull your weeds. <laughs> exactly, I got cockroaches running all around the house. Uh, but really big year for games, at least for my own experiences. I thought Hades is absolutely incredible. It's on, I think, almost every platform. It's an indie game, storytelling, music, the visuals, like everything, just the gameplay works so well. And then just from a flip side perspective of non-indie, I know these were both kind of like top contenders, uh, was The Last of Us 2, which I thought was absolutely excellent. It totally, once again, this that series like bridged the gap on showing people what video game storytelling could do that may not exist in movies or otherwise like unless you experience the journey of all the characters involved in the in the second uh game you couldn't possibly really get that sort of emotional connection that i think you could even see in a tv and movie and i was just i was just blown away by that that overall experience uh and then music chromatica was uh my absolute favorite album of the year it just yes. came at the right time i've continued to keep listening to it so many good hits on it like it just such a nice throwback vibe, but also fearing future. And uh, I just, you know, I love Lady Gaga. She's my diva. And I just thought she knocked it out of the park again. That's Clark. me. Um, well, I've gotten heavily back into playing The Sims, which I hadn't played in like three years. 
and turning i ended up i had characters that i had three years ago that i realized i fucking hated so i ended up killing 100 characters and then <laughs> make, making all new ones and in, interconnecting every single family to the point where i inadvertently created multiple cases of incest which was hilarious and dark as fuck there's a character i fucking loved until i accidentally made uh, i added someone's relative from before and accidentally turned him having slept with his daughter and now i fucking hate him <laughs> I fucking despise that man so hard now. He's disgusting. Anyways, it's hilariously stupid, and I love like just straight up making a full soap opera out of it. Um, the other thing, I, one of the other things I loved is it wasn't a great movie, but it was a fun movie. Um, the Eurovision movie on Netflix just made me so so happy, just because I'm a big Eurovision dork and try to go to every embassy each year that has the um, that hosts it. And the other thing, um, I mean, obviously, X of Swords is amazing, and specifically Hellions, which is funny and dark and weird, and just characters are just straight up perfect. And yeah, that's those are my three things I want to talk about. I'm surprised yeah, you didn't mention Dark season four. Oh fuck, that was dark. I didn't write it down. Yeah. Dark, Lady. <laughs> it's because you were talking I, about incest. No, it's because I'm going to talk about Dark later. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a strange year, but um, the X-Men comics in general uh, were so good this past year. Even though, like, uh, I remember, like, a year ago when we did our year-end and how much we loved Hox and Pox, uh, the first six months of the X-Books were Age of X-Men and that shitty Uncanny run that Matthew Ooh. Rosenberg wrote. So, like, <laughs> we had a really bad first half of 2019 as far as X-Books go and a really good second half. Uh, whereas, like, overall, even though there were some misses, like Excalibur, I think X-Factor has been a little iffy, um, uh, at, the, at least the first few issues I have, like, Ten of Swords was a mostly well-done crossover. You know, I reread um, the first 12 or 13 issues of uh, Hickman's uh, X-Men, and while it's a little bit, like, varies in quality, issues four and six, like, stood out for me. Four, because it was the one where they go to Davos, it's Professor X, Apocalypse, and Magneto how well done that was and six was the focus on mystique and um mystique is obviously an amazing character uh and we'll get into um that a little bit more when we talk about uh, the last couple of weeks of the x books but like how they made it explicitly queer like where she talks about bringing destiny back because she was her yeah. wife and it's like they are not like tiptoeing around the fact that these are um you know that there is uh like queerness in the x books they are just completely embracing it and I, I completely love that. Clark, you wanted to say something about it? We've had like a banner year for bisexuals. Remember when we had our bisexual like awareness <laughs> week, basically? And we didn't yeah. have any. We literally yeah. have Kitty Pride now. We have Star Lord now. We have Hercules now, straight up. We already kind of knew about Marvel Boy, but now we have it like officially physically. It's like how sure. we, suddenly quite a lot. It's been a queer year. Happy queer so, year uh, to you. So uh, uh, Adam, I'll get to you in a second. I just want to kind of finish up stuff yeah. that I love this year. Um, from a like a TV content streaming perspective, um, I thought we had some really strong stuff for, on uh, both HBO, on, mostly on HBO Max, but also Disney Plus and Netflix as well. Like Queen's Gambit, I thought was a phenomenal really series. Oh, um, I May Destroy You, which is Michaela Cole's show. And it's a really tough subject matter but I recently watched all of it. The fourth season of Insecure, I thought was excellent. Yeah. And Adam, I'm so glad you mentioned Chromatica because in a year that we couldn't go out dancing like at, a, at, the, cl at the club, like we had Chromatica, we had Kylie's Disco, yeah. we had Jesse Ware's uh, What's Your Pleasure. Uh, we had my favorite album, um, Dua Lipa's Future, Future Nostalgia, Very which good. like to me, it's like save pop music and it's like we couldn't go out and dance but we still had these amazing tunes like coming out of our own speakers so i thought that was absolutely wonderful i was gonna just quickly toss in too because i'd be remiss as the resident manga anime expert to not also talk about that they finally are finishing uh, attack on titan so it's the fourth and final season it just started it's releasing weekly i think in line with japan and it's actually on hulu we signed up for funimation and then found out it's on hulu and it's releasing weekly it's good so far. What's so fun to me is that I've read this book for, I guess, not probably since it came out, but a little bit at, like right after. So it's been like seven or eight years, I think. And so it's just so I, the books, I, the books may be done. I haven't bought all them. So like, but I'm just like, uh, let me just finish it up watching the TV show. And I'm just so excited. And they're still doing a great job. I'm very, uh, it's just been such an interesting journey. I'm, I'm excited to see where they take up. 
Netflix oh, has an insane amount of Korean and Japanese television shows, and yes. I've been watching them like constantly. This one that came out like three weeks ago. I don't know. Alice in Borderland is very good. Yeah, I've heard it's based on a manga as well. I really like that. Another one that everyone's been watching, and it's like the top ten of American things that were watched was Sweet Home. It's fucking awful. Don't watch mm-hmm. that piece of shit. <laughs> Sounds like we're switching over to our worst of the year. All right, so I don't want to get. It's been a negative year for a yeah. lot of reasons. Um, and before we get into that, one more one more thing I will just say, since we a lot of us did mention Ten of Swords as a crossover we loved, I was really happy that we got closer to a bunch of other X podcasts and we we're able to do okay. our Crossing Swords crossover, which oh. I think like uh, brought some new and different perspectives on this podcast. Uh, we became friends with other X fans, especially queer X fans all over the country. Um, and that just made me super happy. So with that, let's talk a little bit about what maybe disappointed us this year besides the fact that we couldn't really leave our home and you know interact with one another in person. Uh, I'm disappointed that we're having, we're still having a runoff in Georgia and that we didn't already have it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, we'd also be fucking stupid to be a DC podcast, not be like fucking president elect Biden, vice president Kamala Harris, Kamala, just so fucking great. I know that that's such a given obviously at this point, but I think it's always nice to announce and it certainly just made me smile. So for sure Um, on the worst side shit on something this co- on. this whole covid thing am i you right you know what yes <laughs> i said besides covid <laughs> you dumb bitch i hate you um yeah uh well we literally just got done recording this podcast this week wonder woman 1984 complete utter disappointment uh the destruction of movie theaters in general is uh crippling the delay of all of these Marvel properties is killing me. All I want is to desperately watch WandaVision and every other TV show that's yes. coming out. Uh, and I didn't really have a disappointing video. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima was actually really disappointing. It was like a big blockbuster for this year. And uh, my, my boyfriend bought it and watching him play it. It's just an open world game that's just like every other fucking open world game. So. It, my, I just I didn't see anything from it that I think people were highly regarding it. It was just sort of like, it's the same old, same old. Right. Um, good year over. I mean, besides my, obviously the whole COVID thing. Great year. My, my, my least favorites of the years. Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny because uh, we are trapped indoors. So like, I'm saying some things that I absolutely fucking hated, but a lot of them are TV series that I watched every single episode because i have nothing else to do um so hoops on hulu was one of the most garbagey nonsense things ever aj and the queen i love you rupaul (laughs) that that was that was this year january that was garbage uh, there's also a, something called Crossing Swords on Hulu, which was too oh, close yeah. to what we were doing in our own world. So I was immediately <laughs> hateful of that as well. And then also they didn't do a good job of the new Selena documentary, Ooh. which I, cause oh, I, lo- I love the shame. It's, it's I know, not a it documentary, wasn't. it's a TV show. Well, why, <laughs> that's why he didn't like it. <laughs> Why does this woman not look like I, Selena? I Why have Selena no look perception if something is a TV show, movie, <laughs> video game, or that's just some fever dream I'm having at my <laughs> house at this point. I just okay? love that you're like, why aren't they doing behind the scenes interviews with those people today? I need to know how they're feeling now. <laughs> Ryan, was, were you like, why is chasing bitty bitty bomb bomb? <laughs> and, and, and it was on me because I put it on. So he just naturally started singing. Oh so that was there you go. It's fucked. Uh, this year just sucks. Yeah, Clark? As opposed to every single day when I tell everyone what I hate, I'm just doing yes. things that disappointed me that I thought I was really going to enjoy and didn't love. Um, nice. There's only two things I'm going to talk about. Um, there's a show called Everything's Going to Be Okay that was on Freeform. One of my favorite shows of all time is Please oh, Like Me, which Josh yes. Thomas wrote and performed in. This show, Everything's Going to Be Okay, was so fucking bad. It was just embarrassingly awful. Suddenly in one scene... They would it would be like suddenly a week later and you're like wait what what's going on and they would never explain the bridge or why it fucking happened it was just i hated it so much the first two episodes were great because they actually had structure and then suddenly just blew mm. up 
the other thing, and we were going to do a podcast on it, but we ended up not doing it because there are many reasons. Um, the amount of barrier gaze that was in Lovecraft Country was simply horrifying. There were some amazing episodes, and then there were just like, kill this gay, this gay, you know, this kind of quasi-trans <laughs> character, killer, da da da, and it just happened every fucking time, and I was shocked. And those are my two disappointments. I have a lot of hate, but those are my disappointments. <laughs> um, my disappointment, and you all are gonna all just start shitting on me, is is death metal because I completely just unleashed <laughs> it on y'all. And like that is, you know, because um, I love I love DC Comics. I love these characters. I really love the first metal series. Even rereading Scott Snyder's Justice League which has its problems, I really sort of enjoy the scope of it. Death Metal and like the finale hasn't come out yet, but like it started out kind of strong, at least for me. And then it's just become this kind of meandering mess. And it's just like, I'm just waiting for it to end. And I, I don't know, it's just like, I feel bad that I've inflicted it. Cause I'm like, I'm clearly, you know, the the sort of the, uh, the outlier of, of the five of us. Um, that you know that I really do love uh, DC Comics. I love the uh, the legacy of these characters. It's just, ugh. and then the other thing that disappointed me, um, even though it wasn't really bad, it just wasn't good compared to the early seasons. Is the fourth season of Big Mouth uh, on Netflix? Um, and right now, yeah. I'm not going to go into spoilers. And then clearly, I I respect some of the choices it made. It just I feel like the show has sort of run its course a little bit because I'm just. I just don't really care about the characters anymore. It the only thing that I'll, I I've I think I I've been watching it in such sporadic gas that I always seem to enjoy it because I forget you know I was like oh okay I'll watch it again oh it's fun the the thing that I do hate about the most recent season is that there's a song in every fucking episode if not two and I think there was always like a heavy musical tone but I do find that none of them are recognizable they're not memorable and it just like wastes the time because I do think. The writing is is best when it's like rapid fire commentary and like different characters reacting off of each other. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it does only have one note and it's like you either continue to enjoy that note or you kind of, you just kind of get over it. And I feel bad about it because it definitely, um, it has a really good queer representation, especially I think this season. Yes. Uh, they did that. Um, although, you know, clearly could be doing more. It's just, it. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just kind of like over it, I guess. But, um, and then, you know, the other thing is obviously this whole year, like we haven't been able to record mostly in person. Uh, we've been doing it over Zoom. Uh, and it's kind of sad because we had a great sound upgrade last year with the equipment and, you know, the ability to like all have all of us be in the same room together uh, has, you know, we've made it work. We've been able to find, um, you know, creative ways to still keep this podcast going. Uh, but it's not completely the same. Uh, beyond the vaccine uh, and getting it and everyone getting it, fucking get the vaccine next year. Uh, what are all your, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Uh, I'll go first, having a job. Woo! <laughs> Hopefully. I like it. Um, or, or just literally being able to leave my home. I want much. to go to a movie theater like nobody's goddamn business. That is what I want. I want to see my friends. I want to avoid my parents in the right way, not because of COVID. You know what I mean? Like I want that again, you know? Ugh. Uh, two, two big things. One, um, looking forward to a new administration that actually Woo! gives a shit about us um, and about the health and welfare of all Americans. Um, but also, um, one of the things I've really missed this year is, um, the ability to like DJ, like at a bar or a club. And I want to do that again, like, cause it brought me so much joy. And since early March, I haven't been able to do it. So I'm hoping, 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 hoping that like, you know, we have enough people to get vaccinated. We get to some semblance of normalcy at some point in 2021. And I get to do that again. Clark, do you have anything? I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of all you guys said. Um, just being able to work in theater again. Not like I'm going to be acting or anything. Like a lot of this is going to be, you know, shut down. No big musicals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But being able to do dramaturgy on shows that have two, three, four people, it's going to be very, very exciting. 
I missed that. And yeah. number two, finally getting off this farm. <laughs> it's gonna be by the time I leave, it's gonna be a year being here. And it's great, you know, see my niece grow up, playing with my dogs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But and then I'm done. Um one last thing I'll also say, kind of away from like the ability to get back to normal. I'm really looking forward to see what the X books are gonna do in 2021. Um of uh, like the whole uh we had Dawn of X in late 2019 and 2020. Uh we're gonna go into the reign of X um, you know, in 2021. That's already started a little bit, and the whole idea of expansion. And I think this is a great segue to talk about the comics of this week and last Woo! week. And I'm gonna turn it over to Ryan to give us our little riff on the first uh batch of comics. In Adam's favorite pick uh for music this year, he entitled something Rain on. <laughs> X or did he? I don't know, but whatever. We're gonna go into Reign of X titles. <laughs> Kalen, take it away. I love that you still say Reign on X, even though it's Reign of X. Well, they should change it. It really works okay. either way. I'm happy no matter what. My joke's getting used. It's good. There you go. So um, last week we had one issue, which is Excalibur number sixteen, by Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe, who are the regular creators of the book. Uh, and then this week we had X Men number sixteen by Jonathan Hickman and Phil Noto. And then Wolverine number eight uh, with Benjamin Percy and both Adam Kubert as well as Victor Bogdanovic, who did like the little like intro part of it. Uh, so clearly these are some of the first forays into um, into Reign of X. And I kind of want to hear what you guys thought of these three issues. Um, I clearly had a favorite uh, and they thought the other two were just okay, but um Anybody wants to jump in, you're welcome to. Ryan? I can go. Um, just kind of going through the titles, um, I, I enjoyed that uh, each one went back to the status quo. So I can give credit to Excalibur for yeah. going back to the point of view that they had before, which was not good writing. And so <laughs> um, uh, it it did feel like the way it was before, but I'm kind of okay with it. We, we've lived through like some terrible Claremont writing. We've lived through some other terrible stuff that like fits into the bigger picture in an okay way. So Excalibur for me was fine. Um, I felt in terms of that issue, the cameos were my favorite part of it. I like that X Factor was there. I like that Megan had a bigger part. I like, I like that Sinister is queer in every sort of like medium right now, like as queer as hell. Like I love, I love that. So I can applaud that. Otherwise dialogue still off, plotting is still off. We know this. So it's, it's, I, I don't think we have to rehash it. Um, with the other ones, um, X-Men just made me uh, love being back in the X-Men world again and love that they're forming a team together. And I, I, and I love, 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 love that they're going to do a vote on who should be in the X-Men. Yes. That is hilarious. That is the most like, because everyone does these, does this thing as a fanboy of the X-Men or the Avengers or the Justice League, you always do this thing where you're like, who's going to be on the team? I'm so excited to pick who I want to be on the team. Is my pick going to be on the team? I, I enjoyed it. Um, it I'm I'm worried because they left it open for a vote so they can kind of just pick whoever they want and then they can justify it later. But it, it's a fun idea that Hickman is doing. So I appreciate that. Um, and, then, and then Wolverine went back to the storyline that it did. And I, I can appreciate that it did that. I did not care for the issue that much, just like Excalibur, but it went back to status quo in not a terrible way. All I was going to say is I'm so pissed this fucking thing is not called an Elex action and I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, I'll start with X-Men first. Um, if they don't have Steve Kornacki show up and show us all the different maps and poles, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I need an entire issue of him just pointing things out and things like, you know, a little blow up picture. Of, oh my know, God. Like, the thing about Rock's fight is he can't be in it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Bring him on. Um, I mean, I really like the issue. I like the fact that they, the disconnect between the two islands. I, it, it gives both a new status quo and then kind of keeps the old status quo just in terms of what we've seen before. 
Um, Excalibur, she writes so well when it's not about the team. Yes. I loved the, uh, the episode with the Eternals. It's so true. Uh, external, excuse me. And I love this issue, except for whenever anyone would show up that was actually part of the team. The rogue yes. stuff made no sense. They, she's not that good of a fucking friend with Psylocke slash Elizabeth Braddock. Anything, Jubilee needs to just like dig a hole and live in it because it, it, yeah. it's so unnecessary. It, the whole thing's <laughs> embarrassing when it's about anyone but somebody who's not in the fucking cast. Any, any, just have her do an Outworld series. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. Just have her do that. Give me that. Give me the, the Braddock siblings and, the Megan yeah. and any kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, Otherworld. And Outworld is, is uh, Mortal Kombat. Out, Outworld, Mortal Kombat, right. <laughs> yeah. Give me an Outworld series. Actually, that's under WB. Um, <laughs> Kaylin Howard writes Mortal Kombat would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I completely agree with you, Clark, on um, like I was absolutely mesmerized when it was about Megan. Uh, uh, and her daughter with Brian her daughter. and Jamie, like but her daughter's great. And her daughter is, I mean, like when introducing an X-Men gold annual a few years ago, they like the one good issue of X-Men gold back when we were reviewing it on this podcast, um, like reminds me so much of, um, of Miracle Man's daughter. And since Brent yes. can't be on this podcast, I've got to mention Miracle Man in spirit of Brent. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, I think it would be so much better if it was um, really like, bringing back the original Excalibur team. I understand Kate's doing her own thing in Marauders, but Nightcrawler doesn't have a, a book right now. Bring in Nightcrawler. Make Brian, you know, like, make him a regular with Captain Avalon and, like, make it about the quest for Betsy. I mean, mm. Clark is completely right about, like, Rogue didn't, doesn't have really that much of a relationship with Betsy, even though they were on the Outback team together. They were never, like, that close. Like, it would have made more sense to have Dazzler and, like, Brian, I'm doing that for you. Um, but, um, going to something a little bit more positive, the, uh, what I loved about, um, X-Men besides everything that y'all have mentioned is seeing the, uh, learning about the governing structure of Arako, uh, mm-hmm. like their own version of the Quiet yeah. Council. Uh, I thought that was absolutely great. And it's like, I love that they all have to be Omega mutants and it's yes. really about might makes right. Uh, and like how, um, uh, Isco is basically, oh, y'all are a bunch of children, like, playing at like student government essentially when we've been doing this for like a thousand years like i i love that it wasn't exactly like a seamless transition between the two islands that there is some distance happening i think more on Arako's side than on krakoa's side um i think i think it's so fucking smart it's so so smart clark um i like that we now have a reason as to why red root was taken out of the story just because yep. if she was there, the conversation would actually be oh, right. between yes. the two humans who speak totally. totally. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. For sure. Um, I also did love that, like, uh, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago on podcast about like, who is going to take the place of both Apocalypse and Gene on the Quiet Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor X and Magneto offered it back to Gene to take her place in, you know, with, uh, with uh, Storm and Nightcrawler. And then they gave Cyclops Apocalypse seat essentially, making him like a peer with both Professor X and Magneto. I thought that was so good. And I love that they basically were like, sorry, no, we can't do this. This has got to be a separate thing. We've yeah. got to show uh, hope and, you know, like a purpose to all the mutants on here and not just about a governing body for, uh, for, for Krakoa. It's got to be about heroism. What? I do love the fact that Cyclops has been vilified for basically 10 years. And the fact that now he's going to be like the lead hero of the X-Men and not yeah. the fucking ex- uh, like corporate corporate Marvel forcing him to be a villain. I'm, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always been Cyclops was right. Magneto was right. But yeah. now I don't have to worry about assholes on Reddit disagreeing <laughs> with me. Also, I think the only reason why a uh, Cyclops like that like that didn't work is because Bendis had to write so much of it because like when you saw his turn happening with uh, with Matt Fraction and Kieran Gillen like yeah. there was some really interesting shit there and then yeah. Bendis got his like like hooks on it and like like just made him like more of a character than actually like uh, a, a natural outgrowth of like who the character should be but I, I do like that he's heroic again. Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think, yeah, I think X-Men is definitely the clear standout this week. I do think Excalibur had a nice, like, post-Ten of Swords rebound for me because I know we've always kind of shit on the series. 
I, to your whole point about the idea of Rogue and uh, Betsy, like it, they wouldn't even need a prior connection to this team if the comic did its job at establishing the close relationship of Rogue and Betsy or a growing one. And that's actually what makes me so frustrated because it's just like, they couldn't even cause that to happen inside of their own book, which I hate. Um, yeah. And then I, I just agree across the board uh, that, you know, it's, I, I love the way you put it, Claire, because exactly right. Like when the main team is not there, that's the book I want to read. Like, I just want a real, and like overall, it sounds like we're just saying like, clear this fucking random team of people with random motivations and beliefs. Like this whole Richter apocalypse thing is so heavy and is not oh, interesting to right. me because I don't believe it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like everything just doesn't have the earned weight. Um, but which, and I think that's why the, the world of actual other world plays really well because it is so fantastical and we have no real background or, or I think real care and love for these characters. Like, you know, they could write Megan somewhat any which way they want. I think we'd obviously be pissed depending on how they wrote it, but you're not gonna be like, well, that's not Megan's voice at all. Cause you haven't really been reading. Oh, I would. Caitlin well, would. fine. But like what I'm saying is the average reader would not connect with that. Whereas like, even I know, or even Brent knows at this point who Gambit is. And I don't yeah. think he would have a preconceived notion of Megan so they could do what they want with it. But they're, but they don't have, they're not even giving them voices. They're more just toying with them as plot devices or pro plot props. Um, and then Wolverine, I liked, I, it was just a setup issue. I like where the setup is going, but it would just, all of it felt like very like, eh, like what is, what's the point of any, any of this? Uh, I'll just say one more thing about Exc Excalibur. It almost feels like, you know, cause like, it seems like Teeny is probably like uh, Hickman's like favorite writer because like he wants to like, kind of mentor her, coach her, maybe, I don't know if that's the dynamic. Right, yeah, and yeah. she's clearly like a lot of us. She's like a 90s kid. Like she grew up watching the animated series and she's like, I want Rogue. I want Gambit. I want Jubilee. And he's yeah. like, fine, go nuts, make it happen. And it's like, it doesn't really work for yeah. like what the story they're trying to tell. I actually think Richter, especially with Apocalypse off the chessboard, like actually like he worked for me this past issue oh he's the most uh, interesting one i'm just saying i don't i don't really i like him as a kind of talker i just don't believe in his emotions but i i like where they're going with him for sure right he's it's definitely so not, different than every other series he's that's the thing it's now. it's like it's not it's not the x factor richter uh, at all um uh -huh. and like i just have to learn to be okay with that uh, but like, I like the fact that he has now become a disciple of Apocalypse. Like, yeah. but they didn't show it enough in the first twelve issues. Right. They just told us, and I was like, oh, Clark. I didn't talk about Wolverine. It's just a quick thing. I never want to hear about Wolverine and Sabretooth and <laughs> their whole past in the fucking fire stuff every single time they bring any of those characters back we have to get 10 pages of that same goddamn past over and yeah. over and over and over again I that fucking could not bacon. agree with you more so I, literally, I didn't read those pages i just didn't read them because i already knew the story i didn't give three fucks oh my god like i liked maverick when they first introduced him in like the jim lee issues of x-men yeah. back in the early 90s but like mm -hmm. yeah I'm tired of Team X. I'm tired of all of this like backstory of this shit. It, like show they, me something new. They even tried to be like, no one cares about Team X. And they're like, well, someone does. And you're like, but it's not <laughs> us. It's not us though, you know? Oh, Over poor Jason it. on well, on the podcast that goes Nick. He probably does. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I'll message him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's a sweetheart. Uh, anything else on the X books? All right, let's move on to King in Black. We had uh, the second issue of the miniseries uh, come out last week. And while I really do enjoy like where the story is going, I think it's properly epic. I think Null is absolutely frightening. And we finally got to see Eddie like crash in the cars, even though like he spent an entire issue of his own book, uh, like just falling down like, you know, 30 stories or whatever, however long it took. My my problematic the problematic thing in this issue was there was one scene where it was Blade talking to Professor X and Magneto saying mm. you have got to let everybody in on Krakoa and they're like absolutely not Oof. and it just was like I love Donny Cates I think he's a phenomenal writer but it just felt very much a white cishet writer putting his own like perspective 
on something like telling a minority how they should feel. And like it was out of character for Blade. It seems slightly mm -hmm. out of character for Magneto and Professor X. And it just ripped me out of the story. It's like, I never, as much as I love him, I never want him to touch an X book ever. It's like Rick Remender writing uh, Uncanny Avengers and having Havoc saying, I don't like the word mutant. It, yeah, I, I, I definitely 100% agree with you, Kaylin, because even before we had talked about it, that like stuck out to me as like, it just felt off. Like I didn't know exactly how to like put it. And I was just like something, it just seems like very extreme. Like you're just taking a social situation and making commentary on it with two characters that don't really connect. Um, but overall I did, you know, again, I agree with you. I, I really like where all this is going and um, I just want to see more. Ryan. Clark was first. You can go. Yeah, wasn't there a weird line that Blade also said when he was like, I don't care about any of like, it doesn't, no, this doesn't matter. And then they're like, the world is coming to an end, buddy. Like, obviously people, it matters and people care about this. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, What's yeah they're like is this the time to do that and we're like yeah, yeah, yeah. what that when else like why when <laughs> everyone's dying who like shit, yeah. come on it's it. it's just it it's already unfortunately because i like donny kate so much it's it's unfortunately just already suffering from uh crossover itis yeah um I think he's much so things are getting watered down there's probably maybe too many too many other issues of other stuff so people are doing side plots and you kind of don't know what's going on johnny storm was just used in a weird way it's i don't know i i like it i like it i i wish i could read the whole thing now um and not just read parts of it there hasn't Clark? been a good mini series obviously besides sort of x of swords that of marvel's done in years that you know, has this functionality because there's so many crossover issues. When it's just the X-Men one, the, the yeah. these that we were just dealing with, it's eight people writing it, six people writing it, sorry, yeah, six people writing it. And so it's so tight and every single issue matters because it's one long story. The other one, like we read that freaking um, Immortal Hulk one, which was cute, but we didn't need it. It doesn't connect all that well. That's, I mean, it yeah. sure, but all these yeah. little side things are, they make the actual miniseries worse. If we had Agreed. these little stories attached and in it, they could have a different scope, obviously, but it would be a functional story. Yeah, yeah. I'm only laughing because that, to you bring up a perfect point where it's like, what if Ten of Swords was only six main issues and then everything else was just like one-shot tie-ins? It would yeah. be awful. <laughs> yeah. so bad. I'm, uh, that kind of just reminds me, I was going to mention this when we were talking about like what disappointed us in 2020. I think it was the Empire miniseries as well. I think a lot of us oh, were God. really looking forward to it. And like it had some, it had good buildup. And, and like, I like the new status quo that it's, it's built up, including like the, the uh, Skrull Kree Alliance, the fact that Sword is back, even though that's kind of like a function of both Empire as well as Ten of Swords. Um, but uh, like the, the, Climax and the denouement were just like, oh, God. And it, it's to the point that like everyone's made is like, you've got this main series and then you have this ancillary stuff, which some of it, like some of the elements of it, like would help enrich the story. But a lot of it's just so throwaway. And I, I want Marvel to get away from this model and do the Ten of Swords model where yeah. you have like however many chapters, this is part one, part two, part three, and this all matters. Clark? I think the thing about miniseries with Marvel is that whenever they do, they always usually do a shorter supplemental miniseries that are attached to it. Those are always better than the main miniseries. Oh, um, yeah. With, with um, I just lost in my head, Empire, the three issues of like Lords of Empire were fucking amazing and so well done. But like, <clears throat> give me those stories. Give me that. Those things would have, should have 100,000% been within the main series. Well, but anyways, we're way off topic, but Adam. Yeah. No, that's fine. Well, no, we're talking about crossovers in King of I Black. I know. So. We're really going too far with that we're one. We're getting deep on it. We're getting deep on it. No, I was going to say, but to that point, too, I'm like, it's not like there's a lot of random comic collector. Like, the pe like this idea that people only want to buy six issues versus wanting to buy 22 issues of a larger storyline. I think there's, a, there's probably a marketing problem at this point where you're just like, 
everyone's going to read all the issues if you actually make them worth it, like Ten of Swords did. And I think I wish, to your mm -hmm. point, Kaelin, I wish Marvel hopefully learns from the sales of Ten of Swords that this can work and it's they don't have to do their kind of garbage model, which always disappoints. Hey, great. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the on our comics the last couple of weeks? No. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, I think I'm hearing a little. Oh, oh! Something just came across my desk. Let me read it real quick. <laughs> Apparently, um, Spider-Man is, and we're talking Peter Parker. Spider-Man is getting a new costume, and so uh, Dustin Weaver actually designed it. It's interesting because it's going sort of away from the base of what he usually does, which it's like base colors of blue and white. And it's got sort of like an electric orange uh, trim around it. And it looks uh, pretty like high techy. Um, and I think- the yellow eyes thing. I'm sorry, Clark? The helmet-ish with the yellow glowing eyes, orangish yellow glowing eyes. Yeah, it, it looks very gravity. Uh, esque, which is another character within the Marvel Universe. Um, what do you guys think about it? What do you think it probably means for his character, his storyline? What do you think it I means? Mean, the, the first second I saw it, I was like, this is gravity right there. Like, it, it, the it color is, yeah. scheme is exactly the same. The orange eyes are the same. There's an orange, like, you know, the blue and white are exactly the same. And then there's, like, an orange aspect to his outfit. And I'm like, this is a straight-up copy. Did he not yeah. realize this? Or maybe gravity same, is his new sidekick. Same, I don't know. If gravity's <laughs> in the story, then yes. If it, gravity <laughs> dies and he just decides to wear his outfit or something, it's very weird. It's not, and it's not a swipe from somewhere else in the world. It's literally a swipe from Marvel Comics itself, which is very. It's a whole thing strange. Yeah. It feels fine very. Looking. It's fine looking. <laughs> it, it feels yeah. very nineties. Yes. Um, in the sense of like oh, we've got to change everything you know about this character or we're just changing the costume. Um, like, you saw that happen a lot, mostly in DC, but a little bit in Marvel as well. I'm thinking of, like, when um, Superman was, like, had that, like, blue and white, like, electrical containment suit, which is a cool-looking, like, costume, to be honest. It just wasn't Superman. It just was, like, every, like, year, they were like, we got to change these characters to, like, make them super interesting. And, like, oh, Spider-Man's costume is really iconic. And also, there's, like, 45 different versions of it you've got like the symbiote suit the black suit you've got like the red and gold like tony stark suit uh you've got miles morales's costume uh you've got um you know like uh ghost spider you've got like silk like all these different iterations and it's like it just seems like what's the fucking point like why are they making such a big deal about this i don't understand why it made like headlines in some cute comic news sites it's strange. They they do it to sell more toys, but also like just to get people to buy issues and stuff like that. It's pretty clear. And also they can throw in one little Easter egg in one of the Spider-Man movies and then they're like paying homage to this artist. I wish they would have just been very clear about the utility of it. Cause I do like Spider, you know, he's donned many suits to fight, you know, different villains and stuff like that. And it's like to change up your outfit without any kind of at least advertising around why you would use it. I don't know. I'm not yeah. buying it. Okay. Um, in other uh, news, uh, we're, we're I'm getting a lot of stuff on the dark web lately. <laughs> and um, one of the things that came across my dark desk was uh, there's a new casting call that's come out. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, has been asked to go to Marvel Studios to potentially go for a role what role do we think it could be? What role do we want it to be? Who would he be good as? What do you guys think? Anyone? Um, yeah, I, I think it's not this, but um, you know, <laughs> I recently rewatched uh, Dark Knight Rises where he ends up becoming the heir to Batman and Marvel's answer to Batman is Moon Knight. Uh, I think he would do a really good job because, you know, Clearly, the character Moon Knight has, um, you know, like, you know, multiple personality disorder. Um, like, ha I think, I think uh, Levitt has, like, the acting chops to be able to play, like, different personas within, like, that role. So, like, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, whoever the third, you know, person is, and then, you know, um, and Moon Knight himself. Uh, I think... He'd be great. Although we know that Moon Knight is going to be uh, a Disney Plus show, 
but I think I think he would be fantastic in that role. It, it's heavily theorized that Oscar Isaac will become Moon Knight. Yeah, that's the no, one. I, that's the floating round. But yeah, I, I I agree. I think he would be good as Moon Knight as well. He could handle that range of a bunch of different like stuff. Um, yeah, I was, I was gonna say he wouldn't. Like, I don't know where this character would turn up, but I remember, uh, like, I know it's an ongoing character in real Spider-Man, but I'm thinking of Spider-Man, the animated series, like Chameleon. Like, basically, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt can't play a villain. I also don't see him as kind of this hero unless it's, like, a very stealthy individual or something. Like, I think of his time in, in it was, he was in, in Inception, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. yeah, so that's, I think of that, like, if I think that's why I was thinking, too, if he wasn't necessarily, like, a super-powered and he was more like cop beat on the street he's got a good like human quality to him not this like extravagant superhero so it, i think to your point moon knight would fit because it's someone who doesn't really i mean they're empowered but they're obviously like human born i think that's the kind of person that like we want to see and need i i think it'd be fun to see him in some sort of role where he's like an avenger but it's like one that no one cares about so like the living <laughs> lightning or someone like that even though swords man so yeah. It's, yeah well he's eventually probably going to be part of something but yeah like yeah. one of the one of the third fourth tier avengers would be kind of fun for him to be in that role. gonna be in yeah he's gonna be in internal hawkeye. he's gonna be a hot guy he's gonna be, he's gonna be no. yeah you're gonna right you're yeah, yeah the other one i just thought of um since they're doing a fantastic four movie what about him as like johnny storm i did he, think about that actually when i, it's, when I thought I, that. i'm gonna say something controversial he's not hot enough He's not hot enough. He's not a thirst trap. Johnny Storm needs to be yeah. the hottest thing ever created in order to make it. Yeah, yeah. Fresh. I, I, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is incredibly sexy, but I get your point. That's he favorite, could, but he's, I, he's quirky, he's quirky yeah. sexy. Okay, yeah. well, like, he, could what be, if he could be Reed. Well, no, yeah, don't count. I, out I want someone day. older, personally. I need, I need um, gray temples. Yeah. What of Jack of Hearts, you know, uh, Star yeah. Fox, you know, all the big hitters, you know? Oh, God, Star Fox, My rapey, rapey Star Fox. <laughs> oh, no, bad. do not bring Star Fox into anything. Mine? I didn't even, I didn't want to, I just didn't care to think about it until we literally, you literally asked this question about five minutes ago, and immediately popped in my head was Darkhawk. So I don't know if you guys know. I love that. We're both. You were, you were playing with the whole concept of him having to go through different personalities and stuff, and Darkhawk has that level to him in terms of having to fight his own armor. Demon. He could yeah. be part of the new Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Yeah, that would be exactly. well, that, fun. I was going to say, couldn't he also play Nova? Couldn't he be Richard Ryder? I, I, uh, he could. I don't see him as Nova. I, but speaking of new warriors, I could see him as like um, Marvel Boy slash Vance Astro Love or that. Astrovic. Oh. Like, I think he'd be really good at that role. I could see that, yeah. And it's like a junior leaguer trying to make it to the big leagues of the yeah, Avengers. Like, I, I can totally yeah. see him in that role. That's it. Yeah, that's good. good in that respect. He needs, yeah, he, he definitely needs a role that needs, like, Spunk and Moxie. For some reason, he just, like, gives off those, like, qualities to me. As an <laughs> yeah, he, he seems like a hard worker. He, uh, yeah, Adam, like. can you leave your Spunk and Moxie on your OnlyFans page? This is a family-friendly <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> See all of Homo Superior's Spunk and Moxie on OnlyFans slash Homo Superior. <laughs> it's Homo Superior after dark. What what fluid is Moxie? Oh, oh baby, Ooh. I'll show you after. Um, okay, so moving Don't on. Me never. <laughs> so okay, so D DC uh, Films has announced that they were planning four theatrical releases, so four new movies, and two HBO Max exclusives that are going to happen in 2022. Um, a lot of theories are already out there of like what they could potentially be. Uh, but what do you guys think? What would you like? What would be fun uh, maybe as a new movie? And what would be fun as a TV series for HBO? So we, we um, this isn't about speculating, but I think what we know is going to happen. Uh, one will be a spinoff of the Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn is doing right. with yep. Peacemaker. And then the other one is uh, a show focused on like Gotham PD uh set within the the, the batman uh Ooh. universe and it's like i loved gotham central comic, like in the early 2000s i thought it was great but it's like we've already seen a version of it in gotham like the not so great prequel series and it's like you could find a way to differentiate it's just like uh do something a little a little different yeah i want them to go off just like off the deep end give me some like animal man or something that's 
Legion of Superheroes. Give me some strange, strange stuff. Give me, well, Booster Gold. Give me Booster Gold series straight up. Actually, that would be way too Loki-ish for what Marvel's doing, but I don't give a shit. Or do like uh, do a version of like Justice League International, like the sitcom yes. version of the Justice League. That'd be a lot of fun. I love and that. And you can bring in Booster Gold that yeah, way. Yeah, blue and gold. And gold. Yeah. yeah. Ice and fire and everybody so, else. And then so they're doing a Justice ago. League dark show too, aren't they? Yes. It was theorized, yeah. yeah. And um, apparently there's a Michael B. Jordan show of Static Shock that Ooh. potentially could be, which that would be super fun. He seems old for Static Shock. He'd be he's better. Gonna, no, no, no. He's, he's producing it. it producing yeah. it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. oh, gotcha, 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 um, gotcha, gotcha. What I just heard, I don't, I didn't, we didn't put it down and I don't remember where I saw it, but. What? Mar, Mar, uh, not Marvel, goodness. Warner Brothers is concerned with certain titles and they might want to just put it straight on to HBO Max. Oh, wow. Include Static Shock. There was yeah. two of them and one was a female character and one was Was Static it Batgirl? Was it Batgirl? Maybe. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, they, they were like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these <laughs> people of color slash women are now there. Cool. Uh, uh, people are going to like them. Oh, my it was, God. It was very creepy. Anyways. Yeah. That's that's depressing. I'm sorry. I, um, I would like to, going back to Blue Beetle for a second, I would like to see the, the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle. Yes. Because uh, I love that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like to that, that would be super fun. Brian Choi version of the Adam. That'd be great too. And as I love Manhunter, great. give me Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Um, like a good or, one that's fleshed out. That would be super fun. The female version. And, no, yeah, not Matt Martian Manhunter, Manhunter. Oh. Oh, uh, the Mark The only Bruno Marvel series I've read the entire, th- I mean, <laughs> Disney series I've read the entire thing of. It was, it was really good. Um, I would like to see maybe the Outsiders too, like Batman's team with like Katana, Metamorpho, Black Lightning. Without, um, without and, Batman. Without yeah. Batman, yeah. Or you just had Batman come like every fourth episode, like they were supposed to do with Jed Bartlett and West Wing. It's so Ryan, it's just so tricky because like it, it goes into like CW territory pretty fast when you start incorporating like and like I don't know why the quality goes down sometimes, but it does. I hate it. They really need to get that Green Lantern like series up and running because oh, I yeah. feel like that yeah. will be like a tent pole for them to like be great in TV. If okay, they do so, it right. Exactly. Speaking, speaking of Batman, Ryan. Yeah, speaking of Batman, <laughs> we have some uh-oh Batman news. Um and speaking on yes, please Clark take it away. Um th- I mean th- this is one of Ryan's rumor mill loves of whatever kind of shit. Multiple <laughs> sources including well Cosmic <clears throat> Book News, The Sun, uh, like a lot of different sources are just saying that oh uh, shoot. Uh, Ryan Pattinson, Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves, the director are just they fucking hate each other and supposedly Matt Reeves is forcing him to do 50 takes all the time in his bat suit <laughs> and then of course everyone's like making fun of the fact that this rich asshole is complaining about having to work. <laughs> it seems fucking exhausting. Supposedly the the um not just the actors but the crew are fucking sick of it. Yeah. And and then another one, another news I like that's kind of creepy from from um other sources, quote unquote. So who the fuck knows what that means? Robert Pattinson might have never had COVID. He might have it might have just been bullshit, so he didn't have to deal with Reeves for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which sounds horrible. I don't know what any all this could be lies, but the fact <laughs> they, that there's multiple like sources it. makes yeah. it a little um stranger. That if there's any like truth to that, it's like I have no sympathy for Robert Pattinson. No, he knew sounds, what he was signing up no. for. You were playing a goddamn superhero. Like you gotta get in that costume. I think this is that Ruby Rose thing all over again. Cause I'm pretty sure Ruby Rose definitely fucking quit that yeah. job because she was like, that is too much goddamn work yeah. every day. I want to be yes. an action star, but not that kind of action star. And I'm like, this yeah. is also so fitting because Pattinson's like a nor like he's a good drama actor. He should not be doing action <laughs> superhero movies. What wasn't there theories that he was complaining during like Twilight, all those fucking movies oh, too? Well, they all hated yeah. Twilight. Yeah. The Part main one. um the main issue is if, if this is true is that we would most likely be getting a one and done Batman again and having oh. to do with getting another new Batman some <laughs> other time. Like, hopefully it's not true, but it, 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 it Jesus all sounds Christ. crazy. At this point, like, we might get it. Like, honestly, like, they've done everyone. 
And Marvel, <laughs> Marvel has like non-compete stuff. Trust me, I've checked their like contracts. <laughs> and so like, who the fuck are they going to get at this point? How old is Timothy Chalamet at this point? Can Ryan, they, he hope, could he be it? He'd be a pretty good. He'd be a pretty good. He'd be a good. Oh night my night. god, he is fourteen. Yeah. I hope it's you, Ryan, and you don't change the voice. So Batman is always screaming, <laughs> crazy nonsense. Voice modulation. He's like, yeah. "Well, Joker, here's the thing about uh, jokes. Oh my god. Uh, you're yeah. gonna hear more of a like just on nonsense. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh my god, absolutely. Um, I hope. Uh, I do hope that they do a third season of Harley Quinn because that show is it's actually so very good. enjoyable. Yeah. It's very, very it's enjoyable. So good. Nice, nice queer content. Truly, for sure. Um, truly, truly, true. So as a final little bit that I was going to deal with since I didn't say that Dark was one of my favorite things of the year was I wanted to talk about Dark really quickly. Obviously, I fucking loved it. Just loved every single thing about it. Um, I think our podcast basically and that was the most glowing thing we've yeah. done in the last three years every single time. But um, just like the Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing, I was thinking about what actors not really i mean they could be what they play but who do you feel like could do well in say a marvel universe or a star wars universe in terms of movies from the dark the, the dark, from past, the dark you mean? series yeah um i do think um middle age middle age and older claudia i think oh, okay. would be absolutely fantastic impossible um, not to include i love her and i think um uh, oh God! Uh, who's the priest? Um, um, Noah. Oh uh, Noah, Noah! Yes, he would no, be. He would Noah. Noah. He would be Noah such a good a, villain. He'd be a great villain. Anyway, Absolutely wonderful. Before. I mean, he's ripped yeah. for shit. Number one, so he doesn't have to do yeah. all that prep. Yeah. Uh, I think the, Jonas. Jonas would play a good young superhero. I just don't know which one. What's the middle-aged uh, dad of Noah? And Mixel, he and right? he, me. What is it? Middle, middle, Mike. Wasn't that Mikael? Yeah. Um, I, I, he's got a face like a brick. Um, <laughs> but I think he's a really good actor, and I think he could probably get into Marvel shape. Let's air quotes it. I think like he would be perfect for any villain role going forward. I, I, I think especially in like the Doctor Strange part of the MCU, because um, in the first Doctor Strange movie. Or the only Doctor Strange movie that's existed. You had Mad. <laughs> with the first? Yeah. Uh, you have like Mads, uh, Mads Milken playing um, the, yeah. uh, whoever the villain was. Uh, and like he, they, they kind of look a little similar. Yes. They have that very like Eastern European Germanic looks. You know, they're very severe, just very just like stoic. I think yeah. it'd be absolutely great. You, you know, I don't love changing characters too much, but. I would like, um, I just thought of this, I like middle-aged Claudia Claudia to be in a Thunderbolts and play Moonstone as like an <laughs> aged version. Cause she could play like dementedly me evil so yeah. quick. Like, she oh oh my God. It's perfect. I actually think, you know, who'd be better would be uh, uh, Jonas's mother. Oh, she's, oh my God. She's in Hannah. Hannah would be fucking Hannah. crazy. Hannah would be, Hannah would be fucking crazy she'd be great when they cast moonstone eventually that that lady needs to be the meanest bitch in all of everywhere and i cannot wait for it well not just me i hear allison brie is available because she didn't get that role (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding uh not just mean but manipulative like somebody who can like you know can like have this like saccharine sweetness to get what she wants totally uh, you know and like use because like she, isn't she a, she's like a, a, a like a, a therapist like a, a psychologist yeah. like exactly. in her yeah. day job a uh, psychiatrist uh and so uh like having somebody who can like m- manipulate someone's emotions to get uh, to get what she wants would be absolutely like the right way to do it totally. cool yeah. anyways all right what well, um, y'all, uh, all our listeners, we want to thank you for sticking with us uh, through 2020. We are entering in almost year four of Home Superior, which is really, really exciting. Um, it's been a weird year, but I have to say that um, this podcast has like kept me sane uh, most of the time. Um, and so I'm um, just really proud of what we've been able to do. 
Um, really looking forward to 2021. Please let it be better than 2020. Um, you can find us uh, on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, SoundCloud. Please interact with us on Homo Superior X on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Homo Superior Podcasts, where eventually we will bring back Kiana and Vicky Ooh. at some point. Uh, we, we, we've, <laughs> we've got production talking. problems on that. That show. was also one of my best of this year, which I didn't include. <laughs> best of. It should have been all of your best. Of. It was both my best of and worst of. <laughs> best of. But um, hopefully we'll bring it back. And also uh, listen to our review of Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to come out on New Year's Day, uh, which is tomorrow. Um, and it's actually better than the movie. Yeah. So we have a surprise. real psychopath on. So you'll like her a lot. She's fun. <laughs> oh, she's great. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Bye. Year. Happy New Year.